In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the 38th sermon in the series of homilies on the Divine Liturgy of the Holy Orthodox Church. We've been spending the last few weeks talking about preparation for Holy Communion. Really, all of our life is preparation for Holy Communion. We live from Eucharist to Eucharist. Those of you who are married, think back to your wedding day. How much you prepared. How you got all dressed up. Tried to look as pretty or handsome as you possibly could. And how excited and joyful you felt in preparing for that day. Or any other major event that you can think of that you've had in your life. Perhaps going to a new job or a new school or just some type of event that was very special to you. The preparation that you put into it. That is the same type, even more so, with the Divine Liturgy. We live from Eucharist to Eucharist, and all that we do, once we walk out these doors on Sunday afternoon, after the agape meal, from then on, everything we do that whole week is leading us back to this holy table, because this is heaven. This is eternity. This is the place where there is no past, and there is no future, there is only the eternal present in the presence of Jesus Christ. So we prepare. And one of the ways that we can prepare is by coming to Matins. I wrote this article for the Church Messenger a few years ago, and I want to just use it as a sermon today as one example of how we can prepare for the Holy Eucharist. Matins is, um, according to our bishop, Metropolitan Gregory, is the Sunday school of the church. A lot of churches wrestle with Sunday school. You know, getting teachers, getting a curriculum, getting people to come. And it's kind of like a thorn in the flesh for a lot of churches. And I really like the idea of Matins being the Sunday school of the church. Because... There's so many advantages to it. It it doesn't require a curriculum. The church provides the curriculum liturgically every week. Every Sunday, it's all laid out for you, for us. It doesn't require special um, staff of hiring teachers or lining up teachers and and teachers can't show up and say, what are you going to do? And... All that. It's, it's here. It's in the chanters, the priest, and really anybody who wants to step up to the kleros to help. It prepares us for what's coming in the divine liturgy. Now, Matins is a, kind of a forgotten service in the Orthodox Church. Not forgotten, but it's neglected. 
I remember my first experience of Matins, years ago before I was Orthodox. I was in the Evangelical Orthodox Church, so I kind of knew about Orthodoxy a little bit. And uh, my wife and I were, were very young at that time on vacation in Florida with, I think, Justin and John, Justin and Hannah, maybe, I don't remember who all was with us at the time, but they were very little. We were visiting her folks in Florida, and on a Sunday morning, I decided, well, I'm going I'm to go visit an Orthodox church, my first time. So I get in the phone book. Remember the phone books? You know, you big books you, you used to sit on to get taller. Um, I opened it up and looked through, and I found a Greek Orthodox church. So I looked at the time and schedule, and it had Orthros. Never heard of Orthros. Uh, like Orthros at 8.30. That all, I, I thought that Orthros was probably like, in the Evangelical Orthodox Church, we divided the liturgy into two parts. We had what's called the Liturgy of the Word and the Liturgy of the Eucharist. And so I thought that Orthros was the Liturgy of the Word and the Divine Liturgy was the Liturgy of the Eucharist. So that's what I was expecting. So I got to the church, and what do I find? An empty parking lot, except for maybe one or two cars. I thought, oh, I must have got the time wrong. But I went ahead and went in. So what did I find inside the church? I found a priest in the altar and a cantor at the cantor stand, and chanting in Greek, of course. So I sit there a while, and I'm still confused, like, what, what's going on here? It's a beautiful church, by the way. Beautiful, large you know, iconography. It was nice. So longer I sit there, well, people start trickling in. And by, the time, by 10 o'clock, there's quite a few people there. So I'm just totally confused. But that, I didn't have time to stay. I, I was on a schedule. I had to get back. So I had to leave. Since then, of course, I found out that's the way it is in the Orthodox Church. The the, the churches that do have matins, a lot of churches don't even serve matins. In our diocese especially, it's very rare to find a parish that even has matins. Some of them don't even serve vespers either. Many don't. I'm, I'm very thankful that, that our parish, we have been able to have a full liturgical life. You know, sometimes we may feel discouraged about our size or how many people come or whatever. But for those of us who want to stay and be here, we have a great treasure that we take for granted, probably. But we are so blessed. And so, anyway, Matins is something that is hard for people in American culture to tolerate because of various reasons. And I want to kind of go through those obstacles. Now, I will say this, though. My second experience of Matins was totally different. And it was beautiful and inspiring and joyful and just like the most beautiful experience of worship that I ever had. Can anybody guess what that was? Resurrection Matins. And that was when we started our mission early on. Father Mark Tyson gave me a bunch of service books, including a big uh, pink book, 
said Resurrection Matins on the front. You guys all know that book by now, right? And so in our first Pascha that we celebrated down here as a parish, I studied that book and I learned the music and, and I didn't realize that what I was learning was Matins. I mean, they said Resurrection Matins, but I didn't realize that it was the basic structure of the service of Matins that is served in church on Sunday morning. But that is a beautiful expression of mountains, and that is something that all of you get to experience at Pascha. And for some of you, that may be your only experience of mountains in your whole life, because you just simply can't make it to mountains. But mountains is, for me, a beautiful service, and it is about the fastest hour and a half of my week. But there are many barriers to attending matins, and I've listed five, and they begin with the letters T-E-A-C-H, which is an acronym for TEACH. So the five barriers to attending matins are time, enthusiasm, ability, children, and health. So I want to go through each of these. So time. Time is the major barrier. You know, in, our, in American culture, we are very a Protestant culture. And many American Orthodox have the same mentality about church that Protestants have, or Roman Catholics. You basically, you give an hour maybe an hour and a half a week to the church in terms of devotion of time. And for most Christians, that's Sunday morning. And that's it. You just, that's your budget. And, and uh, it's not even something consciously that people do. It's just, it's somehow it just, it's a built into our culture. That's whether you come from the Protestant church or whether you even grow up Orthodox, you get this mentality. That is the time you give to the church. In the end, most of us spend time on things we value. So how much do we value the church and spending time within her walls worshiping? And like I said, we've been taught by a Protestant culture, by secularization, by contemporary Orthodox practice to go to church once a week for about an hour and a half to two hours. But is this really how much we value our worship, or is it just a matter of conditioning and training? I think every person has to answer that for themselves. So how do we overcome this barrier? First, each person or family has to evaluate the true nature of the barrier. Are we really too busy or have we just gotten used to a time budget that pushes the church into a little tiny sliver of the pie? How do we really feel? Each of us have to answer this individually. How do we really feel about our time spent in the church? Do we enjoy it, or are we just fulfilling an obligation? Does it bring healing, intellectual stimulation, and meaning to our lives? 
What would bring more value to our lives? An extra 90 minutes of sleep on Sunday morning or an hour and a half of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? So these questions bring us to the second barrier. That is enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is the great motivator that makes us do the things we do. In other words, that's what drives us to go to work or to go to somebody's house or go shopping or whatever we do at home. Enthusiasm. We are enthusiastic about activities that bring us something of value. Money, comfort, entertainment, and so on. The more value we see, the more enthusiastic we are about the activity. Well, how enthusiastic is the average American Orthodox Christian about mountains? Not very enthusiastic. And why? Well, because competition and lack of experience, I believe. In other words, there are other activities that we are more enthusiastic about. I'd say the main competition to matins is sleep. We all need a lot of sleep. And Sunday morning is a is if you work hard all week, you like to sleep in Saturday and Sunday. So we have this as a competitor for our enthusiasm and our time. Attendance at matins would require getting out of bed an hour or two earlier than normal. Another competitor is entertainment. Modern technology has given us many ways to inform, entertain, and otherwise distract our minds so that this sensation of being entertained is always in our consciousness, training our minds to stay busy with visual or auditory stimulation and competing with experiences that are less exciting. There was a time when church was entertainment for people. You know, in, in the old days, back in the day, you wanted to be entertained. You, had, you could read a book, perhaps. If you played music, you could maybe play your own music. But you couldn't just turn on a radio or a television or internet or whatever and be entertained. If you wanted to be entertained, you had to get out into the public square or... For most people in Christian countries, it was the church. You went to church to be entertained. You didn't think of it as entertainment. It's worship, it's praise, it's being the church, but it provided the entertainment, the education, the stimulation of the mind and the heart and the soul. Well, now we have so many forms of communication that are competing for that entertainment. And Matin seems very bore, boring and dull and unexciting compared to all these other forms of entertainment. <clears throat> but lack of experience also limits enthusiasm. If you've never really experienced Matins, if you've never sat through it or maybe sat through it a few times, then you don't really have an experience of what, what it can be like. And I know for me, this has been true. As, when I first joined Orthodoxy, I found it very boring to sit in church, especially to listen to psalms or things like that. I'm, I'm too hyperactive. I want to get up and go and do things. But I found over the years that the services have begun to be, feel comfortable to me and I can relax in them 
and let the words and the songs and the sounds soak into my soul and provide healing and therapy to me. But it takes experience. You have to give it a chance. And that's what most people do not do. These barriers can only be overcome through discipline and experience. Getting yourself there and sticking with it long enough for the services to begin doing its work in your soul. And a lot of times you won't even realize the work it is doing. You may not see immediate results, but it is working in our souls. Now, I have to admit that if I were not one of the main participants in Matins, I probably would not value it as much as I do, because I like to be involved, and that's part of a fault in my own character. But everyone can be involved in Matins in some level. It is a great help to sing the services. In fact, in our litanies, among those groups we specifically pray for are those who sing. We specifically mention them in our litanies because they're so important to the life of the church. However, we also need to be developing the skill of being quiet in services. And that's, that's another thing that's hard for Protestants to overcome. When, they, when you're growing, you grow up in a, growing up in a Protestant church, you're used to singing all the hymns, the songs, and being active in that way. And then when you come into an Orthodox church where they might have a choir or a professional-type cantor, you might just have to sit and listen. But sitting and listening is probably the most important skill we need to develop, just to be able to listen and let the Word soak into our souls. This is so hard to do in our culture. Very, very difficult to do. Listening to the Psalms is like being washed. What St. Paul calls washing of water by the word. And we need this because we get so dirty from the world. If a person can read out loud, they can help with madness. Others can simply intone the Psalms and other hymns. There's, there's basically three skill levels in, in singing in matins. There is the skill level simply of reading, and then there is a skill level of intoning the words by a single note, and then there is melodic chanting, and singing actual notes for the different hymns. Those who have an ear for music can learn the melodies and chant them under the supervision of the cantor. Those who cannot sing, those who are tone deaf, they should simply listen and let, listen to the words and really try to concentrate on what the meaning of the words are and applying them to our hearts. All of us need to do this. When we're not singing, we need to learn to listen. And this is a difficult discipline, but we, it's very important that we learn it. So the third uh, barrier is children. And people see, think that, well, I, there's no way I can bring my children to mountains, have them sit through the service without causing disruption and wandering into the altar or whatever, getting, getting into a fight, whatever. And I'm sure that this is a common 
objection for people in larger churches especially where there may be a lot of children we have a very unique situation here because of our size basically one family with several children and all of the children have grown up in mountains and they do very well in mountains i congratulate you children uh, you start out maybe a little rough but as the longer you sit the better you do and and you contribute to mountains as well but this is a, this is a challenge um, in our experience children sit quietly looking at books part of the time sometimes our church looks like a library a bunch of books here and there and everywhere that's okay As the children get older, they begin to step up to the kleros and help. And that's a natural progression. I believe that if children grow up in mountains, that as adults, they will still be there. If they grow up being taught that mountains is for other people, however, the clergy and the people who are really pious, then they may never incorporate this aspect of church life into their own lifestyle. Many people grow up thinking mountains is really not for the general public. And that's too bad. Again, I think we have a great treasure in our church because we don't, have, we don't depend on professional cantors, even hired cantors, to lead the singing. We all can participate to the degree of level of ability that we have. And we have beautiful music, very friendly, singer-friendly music. And that is a great treasure we have in the Prosopenia, the plain chant of our diocese. <clears throat> the fourth hurdle, actually the fifth hurdle, or barrier, is health. Some people, in the same way that we all budget time, many people also have to budget their energy. Some people may only have enough energy and good health to attend divine liturgy, and that, and that even with difficulty. So obviously the Eucharist takes priority over the other services because it is the ultimate destination of the procession of worship that takes place throughout the week and the weekend. In other words, if you have to choose one service and that's the only service you can go to, that needs to be the Holy Eucharist. And you just have to, to uh, bear with that. Of all the barriers to attendance at Matins, this is one of the most difficult to overcome and there are no easy answers. And like I said, the Resurrection Matins may be the only Matins some people will ever attend in its entirety. It is, in conclusion, it is my prayer that all my spiritual children and members of the parish will take to heart this matter and look into their own lives, their own energy level, their own level of health, their time that they have, and we'll take this to heart in terms of their participation in Matthews. The theme that we have been going on the last few weeks is preparation for Holy Communion. And I believe that Matins is one of the best ways to warm up our hearts 
to prepare ourselves to receive the holy and precious body of our Lord and God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. Glory to God.